Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, Dano. Looking forward to tonight. Uh, got a ripper in store for everyone, so looking forward to get into it. Yeah, we're going to have to talk ultra fast, I reckon, with the amount of shit that's on this run sheet. Anyway, let's start off with injuries. Pato, take it away. Yeah, Adam Chalor, uh, eight to ten weeks. This is why you don't trade in guys that have such injury history like him, but uh, there might be some dogs that will have some juicy options up for discussion later. So looking forward to get into that one. Yeah, Matty Crouch, further eight to 10 weeks away. He's fucking cooked. Um, focus on him next season. Yeah, it will be awesome and cheap next year, but the Crows will continue on with this younger brigade, so pretty good for them. Yeah, Mitchie Duncan, concussion, subbed out, mandatory 12 days. So you've pretty much got to hold him if you got him. Yeah, that was a nasty one, but a bit unlucky because they've got the round 12 buy, so he's going to miss two weeks if you've got him. But yeah, as you said, you're not going to waste a trade on that, so you've got to hold him. Yeah, McCreary. Like McCreary one week with calf soreness. Yeah, um, could be one to two, but yeah, bit of calf soreness. That happens with the younger blokes. He's played, what, six weeks in a row now. So just be mindful of that if you've got him as a rookie, uh, just in case you don't have the cover. The guff uh, had a little bit of damage to his AC joint on the weekend. Uh, he's listed as test. I reckon he'll play. Pato, what do you reckon? Yeah, uh, hopefully for owners, he does play. Uh, it really affected his score. He was looking on track for a sort of 130-140 score. So owners will be very frustrated that he did that shoulder and it really affected his second half score. But yeah, hopefully he gets up and plays for those owners because he's another one with a round 12 buy. So he could miss two weeks if he misses this week. So yeah, watch out for that one. Anthony Scott, uh, pretty much fucking shit on the weekend, but it was his head. He could play, but I reckon trade, trade, trade because he's not going to reach his break even. Yeah, uh, his on score really affected. I had a monster score on the weekend, but his his 18 on field really hurt me to have even bigger score. But yeah, hopefully plays for people that are looking to hold him, but he's absolutely a trade out for me this week. Jai Farrow, Corky. Yeah, he didn't play on the weekend, but he should return this weekend. So um, yeah, hold on to him. Hopefully he didn't trade him out because he's probably still got money to make if you brought him in. Uh, you can have a little circle jerk over this one, Pato. You take it away. Yeah, it uh, should be good to see Shea Bolton, Dion Prestia, and Trent Cochin all return, heavily rumoured. Uh, will be very good to see them back in that midfield. I've just got a little question mark there over Riley Collier-Dawkins. I think it'd be crazy to drop him in favour of those guys. I think there's some other ones that might get dropped instead. Guys like Jack Ross, Hugo Ralph-Smith, I think they're the ones that will probably make way. I'm just hoping that Collier Dawkins holds those center bounce attendance numbers. Um, Cause I think if he can play next to those sort of guys, Prestia, Cochin, et cetera, I think his score can uh, get up to sort of a 70, 80, but yeah, at least three back returning for that Richmond team. So look at Adelaide. Jakey Stringer, okay. Jakey, the string bean uh, is returning. Uh, what does that mean for Waterman? You reckon? Uh, so it means if you're an Essendon fan going to the game, you shouldn't take your uh, teenage daughters to the game. But also uh, Alec Waterman, I hope <laughs> I hope Alec Waterman keeps his spot. Um, I think it'd be a bit stuffed to miss out. Kicked a couple of goals against the VFL team. But uh, yeah, hopefully he keeps making money for us if you still have Waterman like I do. 
Any major concerns from the weekend with any of the players there, Pato? Yeah, so there's a couple of super coach relevant concerns that I've just noted down here. So Stephen May, now we were huge on him. He was scoring very well. And the thing is he's been playing more of a lockdown role since Tomlinson went down. And the sad thing for owners of Stephen May is that Tomlinson's done an ACL. So he's not going to come back at all this year, even next year. So you've got to hold him. I think that's an absolute luxury trade after you've completed your team, if you want to trade out May. But the reason for those lower scores are that he is playing more of a lockdown role. So yeah, a bit of an unlucky one, but you've got to hold through, I think. And we got Nat Fife's life, apparently, uh, sent for scans, Pato. Yeah, so he, he had about an 85% center bounce attendance um, numbers on the weekend, which is really pleasing for anyone that owns Nat Fife. But he did an interview on Fox after the game on the weekend and had some ice on his foot. Now, I heard through the Twitter sphere that he has been sent in for scans. So there's no more details on that. Frio tend to come out with this sort of news late in the week, sort of a Thursday, even of Friday. Um, we'll know Thursday night, obviously. Um, yeah, news is pretty late to come out of Perth. Um, usually about three days late. Is that right? From our good mate, Luke. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully not too bad for Nat Fife. Um, worst case scenario, he, well, sorry, best case scenario, he's dealing with a bit of an injury, but may just play forward, which isn't the worst thing for his scoring potential because he's a he's a beast wherever he plays, really. Yeah. Jackie Zebel, we're going to try and power through these. Uh, Jackie Zebel, um, Aaron Hall's directly affecting his scoring. Um, is a bit of a concern for Zebel owners. Um, do you reckon it's time to for them to trade him? Or he's still scoring as a primo, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, it's a tough one because he's a forward. I think it's probably worth a hold. But it's not the craziest idea, even two weeks ago, to have cashed in on Jack Zebel, especially if you started him. Because he would have made you 400K. And he, was, he got up to 600K. Um, but I think Aaron Hall's definitely affected his score. We've seen enough evidence now to see that and um yeah if you don't have hall maybe even looking at zebel to hall but yeah that's a big decision for zebel owners thank you if gf's hit a bit of a wall um yeah he's he's got to go pretty much you've got to cash in yeah absolutely uh, if you brought him in to make some cash i think he's made that cash and he's starting to bleed it so i think you've got to jump off that one well powell and jordan down here pato talk about them yeah, so um, owners of Powell and Jordan would have been hoping that they would keep up those semi-decent scores um, to hold them throughout the buy, especially for those earlier buys. But I think you've got to jump off them. Now, they've both had a couple of 40 to 60 scores um, over the last couple of weeks, and they're just going to start absolutely bleeding money. And we're talking like 20 or 30K a week. So I think you've got to jump off that before they lose 100K um, from their highest price and you've just lost value out of a cash cow so i think you've got to, if you're still holding one or both of them i think they've got to be pretty high up on your trade out list um chad warner is also in that boat if you've still got him as well yeah guys that aren't going to be leaking cash but actually making them are our bubble boys so the two big ones that everyone are talking about are waitman and madden um let's start off with cody waitman though so he's 173k up in the forward line Minus 70 break even, 87 average. He's got the round 13 buy. I actually think he's more of a luxury uh, if you haven't been hit by injuries throughout the year and is now, like myself, starting to factor in or luxury trade kind of things. 
Um, I think Madden is probably a better option, even though his job security is slightly worse. Uh, but what do you reckon, Pato? So on the other way around, I think Waitman is the number one um, target this week and gives you pretty good cover during the bye. Um, an average of 87. I think that's a little bit inflated. I, I can't see him averaging 87 plus for the year. I can see him getting to a 70 average. And personally speaking, I'm still holding Tom Phillips, which is absolutely killing me. Um, but I can see Waitman scoring more than Phillips, um, which is pretty crazy. So he may even turn into a keeper for me and I jump off Tom Phillips. Um, that obviously is a decision disgusting. Make, yeah, obviously a decision to make in the next four to six weeks just to watch that situation. But I think when you look at the job security, I think Waitman has really good job security. They've got Vandermeer to come back, but Waitman's playing so well, I can't see them getting him getting dropped. Um, and... Yeah, I, I'm not sure of Madden's job security because they've got three or four defenders to come back. Guys like Leicester, um, can't think of the other, other guys' names. But yeah, there's a couple of Brisbane defenders to come back as well. So I'm really not sold on James Madden's job security. And the last thing we need is another rookie who plays three, four, maybe even five games and sits at about 170, 180 and doesn't play for the rest of the year. I've got Tyler Brockman, Finlay McRae, uh, Tom Highmore, who was the sub on the weekend. I'm sitting on those guys. So this last thing we need is another dead rookie. And James Madden just screams to me as another guy that might play five games over the course of the year and play sporadically in terms of someone getting rested or missing a game through suspension or whatever. Um, and, and that's the last thing I think we need, especially in defense where we've got Tommy Highmore, most people. Yeah, that's fair insight, but you've also got to factor in Toby McLean's now back playing in the VFL as well. Yeah. Um, the depth at the Bulldogs is pretty unreal at the moment. Um, they've got another guy playing VFL who we will mention a little bit later, uh, but yeah, look, I can't see Cody Waitman getting dropped on his current form, but in that team, it only takes one or two bad weeks and you're straight back down to the VFL. So yeah. we'll watch yeah. that one. And I'm just going to let you know that Vandermeer has had more issues with his knee and our face is a more extensive stint on the sidelines as he's actually undergoing surgery. So that kind of plays into Waitman's hands, but at the same time, McLean coming back, playing his first BFL game this weekend, kind of doesn't. Anyway, we'll move on to James Madden, 123K forward slash defender. Those dual posse players are fucking value at the moment. Minus 51 break even, 63 average, round 13 by. Questions over his job security. Um, he's played round 7 and 10. Um, yeah, I'm... I think that they might rest Jackson Pryor this week. So I think you'll get another price rise out of, well, you get the, the first price rise out of Madden. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. You just got to factor it in. I think it really comes down to structure. Yep, absolutely. And uh, if you can do with a 50K elsewhere, that's the difference between Waitman and Madden. So 50K is a lot when you're looking at the difference between Jackson McRae and someone like Josh Kelly. Um, that's 70K, but... That 50K can really make a huge difference when you're looking at upgrade targets. So. Here we go. Here we go. I'll give you a different idea. That 50K is the difference between Zach Williams and Jack Lukosius. Oh, we might mention uh, a couple of those names a bit later, Dano, but yeah. But that's that's what we're working with. So I'm, I'm all for Madden and you can flick him around from forward and defense if you've got that swing ability as well. Anyway, we'll quickly touch on Nick Murray, 146K defender. He's already had his one price rise, minus 32 break even, 53 average, 
Good job, security, you reckon, Pato? Because you've been uh, massaging something over the last few weeks, just waiting for Nick Murray to play. So, Yeah, he's had his one price rise. Uh, but I think 146K is still okay to bring in, but you'd have to do it this week. Now, Adelaide's defence looked much better with him in it and with Tom Duday playing more of a third tall role. Um, for some reason, they've been playing him as a key defender, and that's miles away from his role. You may as well play Max Corn as a small forward. Um, that's the same sort of thing. So, look, I do like Murray as a defence downgraded option if you've got someone ready to downgrade. If you're still, for whatever reason, holding Kajitsky, um, or someone like that, I do like Nick Murray as a downgrade because I feel like he has good job security for the rest of the year. Yep. Um, Zachy Sproul, 159K forward from the Giants, minus 27 break even, 52 average, 69 round 10 score. He's got the round 12 buy. As a Giants fan, do not go near the fuck. Just, it, yep. just don't go near him. Just don't. He, yeah, he'll be in and out like a fucking yo-yo. He'll be more often than not out. Yeah, we've got two better options in the forward line. So, yeah, no from me. Yeah. Ned Reeves, uh, he's only played the one game. Um, 123K Hawthorne Ruckman. Um, he got 82 on debut. So, yeah, I'd, I'd hold off for a week just to figure out what the hell's going on with the other guy, which is Zach Smith, who's 216K Gold Coast Ruck uh, with a lot better job security, but he's 90K more expensive, Pato. Yeah, look, these two are just on here to, to, to have on people's watch list because most of us have Matty Flynn as that R3. Uh, he'll obviously play this week. Well, I'm hoping he'll play this week um, and hopefully next week. But the other two have that round 12 bye. That's obviously Reeves and Smith. So you've got two weeks to sit on Matty Flynn, let him make another hopefully 50K, get him up to 400K. And then you've got a decision, mate, a decision to make. So if Ned Reeves plays more ruck than he did this weekend. So they've lost, who did they lose? They lost that guy um, who was at Adelaide. What's his name? Anyway, just keep going. Just keep going. Mate. Uh, yeah, so they've lost Hardigan to suspension. So big boy might play defense. So if Ned Reeves plays more as a ruck, I think he's a lock to be Flynn to Reeves after his round 12 buy. But Zach Smith also has that round 12 buy. He's a bit more expensive, but I think his numbers will be higher. So if really good ruck cover. So not only for that round 14 buy that Gorn and Grundy has, uh, but also just in case one of them gets rested or suspended or injured or whatever. So pretty handy to have Zach Smith as an R3 if you get him in at 216K in two weeks. Yep. Okay. So we've got some trade-in targets. We'll start with defenders. Darcy Moore was in the team of the week on the weekend. Funnily enough, the team of the week did not have Clayton Oliver as captain and Brody Grundy. So they could have gone even bigger. Um, Darcy Moore, 426K defender, 37 break even, 116, three round average since moving back to defense. And the kicker on the weekend is he got scaled up fucking 30 points. Like they heavily scaled him too. So you like a guy that can get scaled up 30, don't you, Pato? Yeah, look, if if champion data are scaling guys up 30 after the siren, especially in a loss they must have him in their team and they've got their favorites. As we know, anyone that's played Supercoach longer than a couple of years know that Supercoach have their guys that they really look after. And it looks like Darcy Moore is one of those guys. So at 426,000, I don't think it's too late to jump on, but he'll be up over 500,000 in no time. Yeah. Jackie Crisp, his fellow uh, pies, and I'm not talking Port Adelaide magpies. Uh, <laughs> uh, 515K, 100 average, 3% ownership. 
106, five-round average, crispy bacon. He's never injured. He's very, forever durable. Uh, he's another option, isn't he, Pato? Yep, super consistent. Getting some midfield minutes as they're looking for some different options through there. Uh, at 515K, he's still at a really good price point. And he's just ultra consistent. Um, you can't do much wrong with this guy at all. He'll he'll hover around 100, 110. He'll have an, an odd 120, 130 game. And he doesn't have a low, low basement like someone like Jaden Short. So I really like Jack Crisp at just 3% ownership as well. So he's someone that is a huge pod for you. Yep. Caleb Daniel, who I brought in last week, 488K is up to now. Uh, 66 break even, 90 average, 104, five round average, 108, three round average. Got to get him in if you don't have him. If But now he's at that awkward 488K price range, Pato. Yeah, I think it's still very cheap. Uh, I think it's crazy. Also, I have mentioned it a couple of times on, on previous editions of the podcast, but if you had Caleb Daniel and you traded him out, you're an absolute idiot. Uh, you just don't trade out primos <laughs> like that. He had a couple of down games and obviously had that suspension as well, but you'd be absolutely kicking yourself if you did trade him out. So yeah, if you have never owned him, um, it's not too late to jump on before he gets over 500K, but we have a couple of more bargain, uh, sorry, one in particular bargain pick which we will mention in a second yep so we'll go on to jordan ridley 484k 79 break even 105 average two tons in a row uh you can't go past the riddler he's just a fucking gun yeah if he can get his uh, kick out numbers back up as well he will you'll be kicking yourself if you didn't bring him in under 500k i brought him in at about 580k uh after probably around six or so i want to guess which is a bit of a shame because he is absolute dirt cheap now. So if you don't have him, now is still a really good job. Time to jump on. Yep. Lucky Whitfield, my Giants boy, 498K, 107 break even, 1% ownership, which is to be expected since he's having a long stint off. He's got his first ton on the weekend since returning. Um, he's had pretty much a, a month to get fit. He's got the round 12 buy, though. Um, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with Lockie Whitfield, but I actually honestly believe that he's going to beat this break even. So he'll either stay at the same price for the following week, have the buy. Oh, sorry, no. Yeah, he'll have the buy. If the buy won't affect his um, yeah, price going up because he's not playing. So, um, yeah, Whitfield's going to... He's got to be a must-have. I don't think he's a must-have this week. I've put him in here for... to. Make sure he's on people's radars. I'm not I saying this crazy. week. Even if he yeah. meets the break even, he'll still stay around the same price. Yep, exactly. So I think keep an eye on him this week. Uh, hopefully he does have a bit of a down game against the Lions. So he's at a really good price in two weeks after his round 12 buy. The bloke that I am eyeing off bringing in this week, ever since moving back to halfback flank, he has absolutely killed it. And I think he's... Points per minute ratio is fucking insane too. That's Zach Williams, 398K, 29 break even, 5% ownership. And yeah, he just looks back at home. I mean, Carlton, you're paying him 800K. You wanted him to play midfield. It was a fucking half back at the Giants. He played one good game in the midfield when they had no one against Collingwood and he played above himself. So put him back into his natural habitat and look at him fucking go. Yeah, I've actually had Zach Williams since the start of the season. So it's a bit of been a bit of a frustrating ride. But classic example, it's just like with Caleb Daniel. 
don't jump off these sort of guys unless they get injured. Um, and obviously a long-term injury. Zach Williams was a late out one week. I think he missed one week from general sauna. So that was a little bit frustrating, but he's now starting to come good. And at under 400,000, I think it's insane value. Um, and it's a bit of a left field choice. He's only in 5% of teams, which is a little bit surprising, but yeah, 124 on the weekend. He even had a couple of kickouts, Dano. So if he can get that number up as well, I can see his ceiling going even higher. So once again, we've said it a million times, he's averaging 82, but it's not what he has averaged before. It's what he averaged for the rest of the year. And I can honestly see him going 100 to 110 for the rest of the year, as long as he maintains that halfback role for the rest of the year for Carlton. Yeah, and he's got that round 13 by. So we'll move on to midfielders. Clary, Clayton fucking Oliver. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was in more teams than what he is. Yeah, so did I. I'm absolutely shocked. For, for some reason, I decided to look at what his ownership was over the weekend. Now, I assumed this guy would be in the, at roughly the same amount of teams as Dusty, and that's about 65 70%. But I was shocked to see he's in 32% of teams. That's why I've never mentioned him on this podcast, because I just figured – He's in everyone's team, Dano. Um, I've had him since the start. I think he's crazy not to start. This guy is on the same echelon as Gary Ablett in his prime, Dane Swan, all those sort of guys. This guy is a must-have, and I'm shocked, absolutely shocked that he's only in 30% of teams. He's gone up 48K since the start of the year, so he was just over 600K, which you look at it now, it's an absolute bargain. He's a number one ranked player in Supercoach. Now, it's not by much. He's only just above Grundy and Gorn, but... I mean, he, he had 200 on the weekend. He was my VC, so I was lucky enough to got 408 from him over the weekend myself. But, yeah, at 652,000, he's almost out of reach. And I'll put him in the same echelon as a few other guys at that price range. So Bontempelli, McRae, Jared Lyons, all those sort of guys. I don't think you can target all of them just because of their price. But I think you need at least three or four of them if you're serious about rising up in the rankings. Yeah, I agree. Darcy Parrish is one of those guys that I'm torn because I'd really like him in my side, but at the same time, everyone's missed the boat. When we said after that Anzac game, this is the point where they can make or break your season and can put you into the top 100 and whatnot. If people listen to our advice, they'd be fucking laughing right now. He's 592K, averaging 111, 134, 134 five-round average, absolutely fucking killing it. Got the round 13 by, and he's still only in 4% of teams. Now, Dano, if, if, if people listened to our advice and got him in after the Anzac game, they would have got him in under 500,000. Now, how insane is that? They also would have got scores of 107, 115, 134, and 152. So, yeah, look, you've almost missed the boat if you don't have him already. But, yep, he's an absolute gun and maybe one to keep an eye on for next year, depending on his price range, because he might have put himself into that conversation with those top guys. Yep, 100% agree there, Pato. Um, Jack McRae, 621K. He's not going to drop below that. 126 at uh, average, round 13 by. Again, like you said, with him, um, Clary, the Bont, you got to have those guys in your team. But unfortunately, with our current rookie crisis, and cash generation not being as good as what it has in previous seasons, we're going to have to start looking at bargain basement picks. And I think Jack McRae is now out of reach of people if they want to complete their sides. 
Yeah, look, if, if you don't have him, this is the time to bring him in. This is more for people that might have doubled downgraded last week or the week before and have got that cash in their bank. But if you're looking at a situation like myself where we're looking at one down, one up, we're going to have to look for a lot more bargain price guys than Jack McRae. But yeah, if you don't have him, he's not going to be much cheaper at all for the rest of the year. He's coming off 149 on the weekend. So yeah, he'll be much even more out of reach after this week. Yeah, Sammy Walsh. 573k, 26% ownership. He's averaging 116 with a 114 uh, break even for the round 13 buy. Um, I actually thought on the weekend that he was going to score 200 as well. And then he just slowed the fuck down. But when a guy can reach, what was he at almost, was that 98 or 100 at half time or some shit? Like, that's insane. Yeah, they um, Hawthorne actually sent a tag to him at halftime. James Cousins ran with him, and he just died in the ass scoring-wise. Maybe that's the only question mark over Sam Walsh in his third year, as whether he is going to start getting that tagging attention. Uh, but, yeah, look, his ceiling is very high. It's just that whether people think he might be able to handle a tag or not. And it didn't really look like he could ta- ha- sorry handle a tag in the second half on the weekend. Now, the bloke that uh, Pato just doesn't rate as a footballer is up next. And that's Jack Steele. <laughs> now, now, I have <laughs> never said that, Dano. All I said was, and, and if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see what I said. I liked Jack Steele as, a, as an option. I said that in the podcast. But I didn't like him as an option last week, only because he was playing the Western Bulldogs. Now, his score of 99 confirms that I was very right on that, Dano. And if you brought him in last week, you've missed out on, well, only 6,000, but his break-in is up at 120. So this week or next week, I think is the time to bring him in. He's averaging 112. And he's got the round 14 buy. So if you're bringing him in, you've got three games of him before he misses. And he should be fine by round 14 because you can use your trades during the buys to get yourself sorted by then. He's got North Melbourne this week, so I can see him finally having that really big game that we've been waiting for. And I I, re, I really like this as a, a bargain Uber Primo pick at 563000 which sounds expensive, but I reckon in a month he could be well over 600000 Agreed, agreed. Uh, one of the more bipolar picks on this sheet is Christian Petrarca at 525k. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever be cheaper than this, but I could be wrong. He could spud this weekend, or should I say Friday night, if they play at Marvel Stadium against the Doggies. He's got a 96 break even, 104 average. Um, he hasn't looked like the Petrarca of last season, but he's starting to slowly build, um, and he could be a good option. Yeah, I like it as a bit of a cheaper option. If you can think he can go 110 plus from here on in, uh, which he's obviously shown the capability of doing. But the only thing is, as I mentioned with that last guy, he's got the Bulldogs this week. So Petrarca is obviously a lot better than Jack Steele, I think, as a football player. So he can probably do a little bit better against the Dogs. But he had just the 82 against him last year. And Petrarca had a huge year last year. So maybe hold off one more week. His break-even's at 96. And I don't know if he gets that, but it's this week or next week for Petrarca for me. Yeah, Ben Cunnington, 514k, 102 average, 114 five-round average, 3% ownership. The guy that I wanted to start the season in and then he got uh, with and then he got fucking concussed. Great. Uh, he's got the round 12 buy, though. 
Um, the team of the week had Cunnington in it too. So there you go. Yeah, you, you rubbished this one a couple of weeks ago, Dano, when he was under 400,000, I believe. He wasn't under 400,000. No, maybe it was about 450, but yeah. it was very cheap. Um, so last year against the Saints, he had an 185 score, which is absolutely huge. I don't think he'll match that, but I like him as a little bit of a cheeky POD as a with a break-even of 30. He's in just 3% of teams, so... I can see him maintaining that 114 or so that he's had over the last five weeks for the rest of the year. So he's a nice little cheaper option for people, Dano. Yep, yep. Well, agreed. Um, another nice little cheap option is Chera. And I know you don't like this, but hear me out. 408K, 53 break-even, 89 average. That is injury-affected. Um, he can score the 110s to 120s, which, in my opinion, is good. Consistency is key, Yeah. Um, so if he can average that 100, let's say 110 from here on out, he's a 408k. That's a fucking bargain. And again, a time where rookies are not generating enough cash as normal. Yeah, look, I'm really, really not keen on this one myself, Dano. I can see the value. It's whether you're backing him in to get 100 to 110. Now, I don't think he's capable of that just yet. I like chair as a footy player. I don't like it. I think he dro- he drops off a bit towards the end of the year. Um, but if anyone's game enough to bring him in, I'm happy for them to be for them to, for myself to be proven wrong. Yep. Okay. You've got Bailey Smith on here. I want you to talk about him because I don't like this at all. Now I didn't like this at the start of the year when he had that 160 odd um, in round one. A lot of people jumped on him, which I think was absolute madness. But the thing it's, it's completely changed now. Um, so obviously Dunkley's gone out of that team and now Trelaw's gone out of that team. Now Bailey Smith was one of the ones that really benefited and had quite a few center bounce attendances over the weekend once Trelaw went down. Now he got a 97. I think his ceiling is a bit more than that. Um, it's it's risky, but at 400,000, it could well come off. Now there's another guy that could come into that midfield also that we'll talk about when we start talking about the forwards. Uh, but yeah, Bailey Smith is risky, but we'll just see what his midfield minutes are for this weekend once they make their changes. Just to be filthy with Pato, we put in Patrick Cripps <laughs> at 418k, 60 break even. I don't actually reckon it's that risky, but I reckon he's just not up to it this year. I'd reckon just hold off and then watch him to be absolute dirt fucking cheap next year because, like I said at the start of the season, Pato, I don't think he suits the current game plan. And everyone was like, oh, Patrick Cripps, at, I think it was 520K or something. Oh, it's a bargain. And I was like, nah, nah. And I still stand by that. Yeah, look, he's only had one score over 100, um, which is just sounds absurd for Patrick Cripps because he's shown that he can have that Clayton Oliver sort of ceiling. Maybe not Clayton Oliver, maybe Tom Mitchell. He can have those big 140, 150 games because of his contested game. But he's looked a bit off, but now... I'm looking at him. He's got the round 13 buy. I'm not looking at him as a trading option, I should say. But he's, at, he's 418,000, break even of 60. Now, it's risky, but if you think he can take off for the rest of the year and maybe the week off will do him a world of good with his body, I can see him as someone that might fly home, but it's very risky to bring him in. There's a player that's not on our run sheet that I want to go over really quickly, and I want to know if you can guess who it is, and it's a Giants player. 
Uh, is it Tom Green without even saying anything? It's fucking Tom Green. So <laughs> Tommy Green's absolutely exploded over the last four rounds. He's got a scores of 111, 104, 71, yeah, and then 123, and he's sitting at 440K. Now, you probably get better value elsewhere, but when Pato was talking about the Giants' run home in the second half of the season, that's where it gets a bit more interesting, Pato. So Tommy Green could be one of those players that could make or break your season, like we said with Parrish. He's not up to Parrish standards yet, but he is in that sort of mould of a young Patrick Cripps, even though Patty Cripps is still sort of young. Um yeah, I, I can just see him taking off. And if you start, if you got him in at the 340, 350K range or who, yeah, when he started firing, then I reckon you're a genius. I did look at Tom Green. He's very cheap. I'm just not convinced he can keep it up. I really like Tom Green as a footy player. I, I've seen him in person quite a few times. I'm just not convinced on his scoring ability. Now, I think next year is the year for Tom Green to really break out. I think he will have big games, but I think he'll also have low games. And I'm not too keen, especially in the midfield where you want 105 plus guaranteed every week. And I don't think Tom Green brings that. As I said, I think next year is the year for Tom Green. I may even look at starting him depending on his price, but obviously that's for a, another episode. Yep, fair enough. We'll move on to the forward line. Dane Zorko, 536K, 63 break even, 31% ownership now. Holy shit. He's a second-ranked forward. He's got 102 average, 123-round average, the round 13 buy. I said at the start of the year, if you don't start him, you're a fucking idiot. Um, people said, oh, but Zorko's not like he's playing up forward. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter if he plays up forward. He's still going to have stints in the midfield anyway. And then just the Lockie Neal thing helped out a bit too. But, yeah, Zorko, you got to have him. You have to have him. There's no questions about it. If you don't have him, get him in. Yeah, he's safe as hell as Dane Zorko. Um, I've got a, a more value pick that I'm looking at for this week, but we'll talk about him in a second. But yeah, Dane Zorko will probably be my final forward upgrade personally. Is that Bailey Dale? No, but I am looking at Dale as well. Or is it another Western Bulldogs player or a Sydney player? It is a Sydney player. Ew, disgusting. Anyway, we'll move on to Bailey Dale. <laughs> 479K, 49 break even, 97 average, 109 three-round average. He's got the round 13 by. He's actually the fucking third-ranked forward at the moment. What the shit? So since Bailey Dale has played with both Caleb Daniel and Bailey Williams, I really like his scoring. So he's had a couple of big hundreds there, 112 and 152. Um, and he's had a 91 and 85, which isn't horrible in the forward line. And as you can see, as we mentioned, I should say, he's a third-ranked forward, um, averaging 97. So I think he's safe. He looked really good last weekend. And I think he's really loving his roll off that back flank yep cool dusty martin 433k holy shit uh 51 break even 95 average usually storms home pato we got to try and quicken things up a little bit take it away yeah look if you're not looking at bringing in dusty you are betting against the bank because as you said he storms home and if you don't have him i think it's going to hurt if you don't have him if he does storm home that's pretty much it yep cool aaron hall the one that i said to get at 410k if you didn't, you're an idiot. Uh, 480K, 70 break even, 87 average, 110 three-round average, round 12 by, scoring better than fucking Zeebel, the fucking spud, and could be the better of the two. Uh, and I reckon you could be the number one of the, like number one to number three ranked forward from here on out. 
Yep, I agree. So it's not too late. It's still under 500,000, but that is not going to stay for long. So the only thing is he's got that round 12 by next weekend. So um, that's the only thing that could probably hold him off for one more week. But I think if you're serious, you need Aaron Hall in your team. Forget about his injury history. He's playing a bruise-free style in that half-back line. Uh, yep. Monster scores in in store for him for the rest of the year. Oh, just as I'm yawning because this next guy is such a boring pick. Uh, Isaac Heaney, 347k, 11 break even, 86 round, 10 score from 24 touches. Um, I, I've already got enough injury prone players in my team, and even though he's dirt cheap, I just yeah, I can't, I couldn't, I feel dirty. I'd feel dirty. I know you don't like him. Uh, I didn't bring him in last week. I went with Pontapelli instead, so I think I've made the right decision there. But Heaney's coming into my team this week, Dano. As I mentioned last week, he's got a ripping draw for the rest of the year. A couple of tough games in there, but yeah, his last five weeks are really good. He's too cheap to ignore, Dano. Uh, he had the 86, but he had 24 or five touches. So the role's there. He's playing up the ground more. Um, I think it is very risky. But if you told me at the start of the year that I could get Isaac Heaney at 347,000, I would have started him. Um, as much as he will cause you to tear your hair out, I think he's too cheap to ignore. Yeah, okay. You've put one on this uh, list here, Pato, from the Doggies, that you want to keep an eye on. You explain why. Yeah, look, not for this week. I think we can afford... It's lucky that he's played two games and did terrible in both of those as a forward. But, yeah, Mitch Wallace. Now, he played forward last year, played forward for two weeks this year and did terrible. He had 40-odd supercoach scores and did fuck all on the field. That's why he's playing VFL. But... He's been playing in the midfield in the VFL, absolutely killing it as well, of course, because Mitch Wallace is a midfielder. If he was playing at most of the other clubs, he'd be killing it in their midfields. But he's one to watch this weekend just to see what his role is. Now, if he can get into the center bounce attendance numbers for at least 50%, I think he's a really good option. He's 380, uh, 379,000, can be picked as a forward in Supercoach, which is the kicker for me. If he's a midfielder, you don't even look at him because... It's too risky. But in the forward line, that's where you can take a risk like this. And I think his ceiling is very high if if he can play in that midfield next to Bontempelli, McRae, Liberatore, etc. So if he can get those um, Trelaw numbers in the middle, then, yep, I think he's one to look at for sure. Yep, we'll now move on uh, to our uh, question time that we've had on Facebook and Twitter. So we'll start off with a question from Steve. So he he's posed a question of he wants to do either Phillips and Jordan to Steele and Waitman, or he wants to do Scott and Phillips to Madden and Steele. Which one should he go with and why? Now, uh, personally, I like the Steele and Waitman um, idea, and I feel like you're going to mention the other one as a better idea, Dano, um, just based off our discussion before. But look, Tom Phillips out. If you don't have any other issues and you can look at getting rid of Tom Phillips, uh, I'm very jealous because... I'm sick of holding this absolute fucking spud. Um, <laughs> big mistake starting him and not being able to get rid of him. So I'm looking at him. He's got 58 and I scored over 2,400 on the weekend. And I look at that and think, fuck, if he was Zebo at the start of the year, I'd be look Anyway, I don't even want to think about it because I'll just go down a <laughs> bottle of vodka after I've done here. But yeah, look, I prefer Waitman personally um, over Madden. But yeah, I like to still... Yep, that's fair enough. Um, now, the question that I have is break-evens. So I think uh, from off the top of my head, Scott has a break-even of like 96, and he might not even play this week. 
Um, and James Jordan has a break even of 75 off the top of my head. Um, that could play into it too. Uh, but in saying that, which one will play? I reckon James Jordan will still play. I'd rather have bench cover for a week myself. Um, I'd, I'd rather see the Scott and Phillips to Madden and Steel and just have the Steel yeah, forward defence switch. But in saying that, if you are trading out Phillips, that means you've got luxury trades. So fucking back in your gut and you've put, what well, I always say, back in your gut. And if you've put that option first, go your Steel and Waitman. Because you've listed it first, so you're just asking for approval. Yeah, he may not have. Oh, no, he does have Scott. Um, yeah, Scott may not play. And I think Steve will be hoping that Scott doesn't play so he doesn't bleed that bit of extra cash from having a 93 break even. But yeah, if yeah. he doesn't play, I think you absolutely pull the trigger on Phillips and Jordan. If Scott is named, I think you almost have to trade Scott out and hold on to Jordan for another week because he's got a 75 break even, which I don't think he will get against the dogs. But I mean, if he scores 60 or 65, then I think he'll, he won't go down too much more. So yeah, I think it, keep an eye on teams on Thursday night, Steve, and make your decision then. Now we've got one from Michael. So he's looking for equal balance between buy rounds. So should he trade Warner and Scott to Kelly and Waitman, or should he trade Warner and Scott to Steele and Madden. There's a lot. See, so, there, I told you there's a lot of Waitman Madden calls here. Yeah. So with this one, I didn't paraphrase it greatly, and I've I've only just noticed it now. But he actually mentioned that he does have equal balance between the buy rounds. So the buy round uh, isn't an issue with his trading options. So he's just looking at what the best option is. Now, I like Warner and Scott out. I think they need to go, but I don't know if I'm too keen on Josh Kelly coming in only because. I don't know what his role is going to maintain with Toby Green on the weekend. Now, I didn't cast a Giants game on the weekend, Dana, but how much did Josh Kelly play forward? Now, the, Kel- the Kelly bit, he did have stints up forward, but then so did Timmy Taranto as well. Like, you're, you're going to get that with them resting because they really need to try and conserve their energy. Now, with Josh Kelly, he's still got his 25 disposals, and he's still got his eight tackles, and he was actually a 50-50 split between defence and offence. And he, he looked to be just playing on that wing role. So, but yeah, like I said, he had resting times up forward. Um, so he's still, by his standards, like 20, I reckon 25 disposals or so for him on a wing is probably just an off game, to be honest. And he still cracked 100, I believe. Yeah, he got 102, uh, which isn't horrible. Yeah, so if you're having an off game on the wing and you score 102, like, fuck yeah. Um, but Steele also has North Melbourne. So I, you're out Kelly Kelly versus the Brisbane mids this week. I know it's only one round. I like Kelly finishing off the season better than Steele. It sounds weird to say that at this stage, but I just get it that way. But if you want a more immediate impact, go for Steele and Madden. I actually like the Kelly and Waitman one more in this case. Devil's advocate though, Dano, and I think I mentioned it last week, maybe the week before, but if you're bringing in Kelly, you're bringing him in with the risk of injury and Jack still doesn't have that injury risk. Well, um, in saying that, the Giants are dropping like flies, so you're probably right there. They're not even exactly. going to be able to have field a fucking VFL side. They're going to have to borrow the Macquarie Uni students again like they did that one year <laughs> against 
when they had to play Carlton in the AFL and they had no one for the V or the Neefel back then. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Jack Steele is the safer option. You could even go a little bit cheaper and look at someone like Christian Petrarca, who doesn't on paper look like a better option now, but you're looking at how he could finish off the year. So something to consider. Now, if you don't have Walsh and you can get that extra 20K from Cali, I like Walsh, but I'm guessing that maybe not an option and maybe 550 is the the uh, the cutoff. But Tom Mitchell, I probably prefer at that price range personally. If I, I think, didn't have I think... I think the Steel and Madden one's probably the way to go, but you might end up copying a zero from Madden in a few weeks' time. Yep, and during the buy rounds, that's really killer because you need as many people playing as possible. But like I said, with Waitman, though, you've got McLean coming back through the ranks. So there's that. Yeah, that's a tough decision. Yeah. Um, then we got Ryan. We haven't heard from Ryan in a little while. He wants to know, how do I teach a three-year-old about stranger danger? Um, yeah, look, I haven't uh, encountered this situation before, but for those that don't know, I do have a bit of a teaching background. Not that young, though. So, look, stranger danger. Is it just a simple case of, look, don't take lollies from anyone that's not your parents or your grandparents? Unless they're starburst. Uh, unless they're starburst. If they're yeah, that's, starburst, that's then you bend over and you take that starburst. Yeah, you you jump into any van that offers you that starburst. Anyway, um, he also also asked, well, we do not condone going into vans. We're just having a piss take. Um, It doesn't matter what your age is. Don't go into strange people's vans. If a fucking stranger is offering a 28-year-old like myself starburst to hop into a van... Nah, I still wouldn't take it. Anyway. Um, oh, I'd go oh, to the shops and get myself some Starburst. Yeah, you just buy it yourself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, he also asked, will the Tokyo Olympics go ahead? Ryan, you're a fuckwit, but we love you. I uh, I have missed Ryan's questions personally. Um, but yeah, look, Tokyo Olympics, they have to go ahead, don't they? They've already been postponed once. There's too much money involved. And when there's money involved, strange things happen now. I'm a huge football fan. That is world football for those tuning in at home. And the Qatar World Cup is coming up and that should never have come up. The, the amount of people that have lost their lives building that World Cup village is astronomical. And the oppression that that country still provides women and and all of that, I, I don't know how they can still have the Olympics. So whoa, money whoa, whoa. we're getting way too serious here, man. Let's just cut it back a bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are getting a little bit serious, yeah. but my bottom line is money talks <laughs> and Tokyo will absolutely go ahead if they have to wrap up each of the athletes in a bubble. Yep. Fair enough. Um, I'll start off with this segment and then we'll cut to a slightly different topic. So we are not called the Supercoach Co-Captains for nothing. Every week we give VC and C options for you guys, whether they be vanilla, but we like the more left field ones. Anyway, the reason why I said we might cut to a, uh, a different topic is the Friday night game between the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. First of all, before we say VC and C options, will it fucking go ahead, Pato? Yeah, I bloody hope so because uh, I have a lot of premiums playing in this game i have bontempelli clayton oliver jack mccray and max gorn and i feel like i'm not alone in having at least three or four guys from this game who are all averaging over 120 so i'm absolutely fucked if this game doesn't go ahead whether it's postponed or not we saw it last year where the game got postponed but 
in that round in Supercoach, it went to a best 18 situation. Now, that wouldn't be the worst thing because I'd be missing my four scores, but I'm replacing Max Gorn with Matty Flint, which I'm not confident of being anywhere near. And I'm looking at my midfield bench. I've got Brockman, McRae, and Aiden Fife, not Nat Fife. So (laughs) I'm fucked if Bontempelli, Oliver, and McRae don't play in that midfield. I can't even swing guys into the midfield. Oh, actually, I can get Tom Phillips or Dusty in there and field James Rowe or Cody Waitman. So, look, I'm looking at at, at probably a 400-point hit if that game doesn't go ahead. So I'm hoping it does go ahead. Um, Also, because I'm planning to go to the footy on Sunday to watch Richmond Adelaide. And obviously, yeah, we, we keep our fingers crossed. The COVID situation doesn't affect crowds at the footy, let alone footy games in general. But, yeah, look, at the bottom... At the end of the day, Bulldogs play at staff should not be going to High Point. Fucking come to Chatty, go to go to anywhere but High Point, all those northern suburbs, shopping centres. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. VCC options for this game, Western Bulldogs versus Melbourne. Take it away, Pato. I like Max Gorn against Jordan Sweet if what's-his-face doesn't play. Who's what's-his-face, Pato? Are you talking about <laughs> English or are you talking about Martin or both? No, I'm talking about Steph Martin. Yep, okay, there you go. Um, yeah, Steph Martin has a very good record of negating Ruckman, so I'm with you on that one. Uh, the one that could absolutely go boo-na-nas in this game, and I don't have him, is the Bont. Champion data, just love the Bont, and every touch he gets, you'll get a fucking 20 super coach. It doesn't matter if it's just a dinky handball or what. They love the man. So the, I reckon the Bont could explode in this game, go 150-plus. Yeah, I hope so, because I've got him, and he had 135 last year against the Ds as well, so I will happily take a very large score from him. Yeah, um, Clayton Oliver is another option again, but um, I think it's, it, 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 let's say the Bont or Oliver. Anyway, we move on to the Saturday games. So Collingwood versus Geelong. Um, who would you have in this one, Pato? I can't look past Brody Grundy. Um, I'm going Gorn into Grundy this week. So, yeah, first two games and my captain loophole will be out of the way. I can't look past Grundy at all in this game. Yep, fair enough. Um, Yeah, Grundy's pretty much the main one, isn't he? Um, The guff, I would have said, but we're going to figure out what the fuck's going on with his shoulder. Um, Knowing my luck, though, Tom Hawkins will go fucking 180 when I don't do anything with him on my field. (laughs) I, I honestly can't see that happening. Jordan Ruffhead actually has a really good record of negating those big forwards, um, surprisingly enough, because Collingwood are fucking woeful. Um, another bit of a left-field option for you, Donut, is Tom Stewart, because Collingwood are absolutely woeful in getting that ball inside 50. So he could have a field day on the G on Saturday, Arvo. Well, the other one for a VC option and not a C option could be Darcy Moore. Um if it all depends, though, there on whether Geelong can kick straight uh, or whether they just bomb it long into the back line and allow more to do his thing. So there's that, but I'd rather Grundy um, personally. Anyway, we'll go Brisbane Lions versus the Giants. This is going to be a fucking massacre, absolute fucking massacre. And this is irrelevant for VCNT. If you have Joe Danaher, I am like, I would be jealous because I reckon he's going to go fucking bananas in this game. Sam Taylor out. Like in Phil Davis not back yet. They're going to be relying on Jack Buckley, Connor Iden, and Nick Haynes in defence. And Nick Haynes can't do his intercept role. So, yeah, I can see this ending badly. I um, actually yeah. heard that Finlayson is going back into defence this week. Well, the Riccardi experiment hasn't been the greatest with the Giants. Um, 
But in saying that, if they put Finlayson down into defence, I, I don't like it because he's actually a better forward. He's a way better forward and he's too much of a sook when he plays defence because he just complains to the umpires all the time. So I'd rather Himmelberg actually go to defence because Himmelberg can take those big pack marks regardless of whether he's in defence or up forward um, and he's got no fuss about him. I'd rather Finglace and be a sook up forward myself. I reckon that'd be better for the team. But we're talking about VC and C options. Can't go past Jared Lyons. You can't go past the human suitcase, which is human cluggage. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't actually want to bank in any Giants players in this one personally. I don't mind Zorko as an option either, Dano. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, yeah, as a Giants fan, I just I think this is going to get ugly. Yeah. Um, St Kilda versus North Melbourne. Who have you got in this one, Paddo? Uh, look, Jack Steele, maybe. Um, but maybe. Really? Maybe. No, it's more like I, more like I look at that game and thought, fuck, like, how, who cares about this game? Well, the fans won't know whether or not um, crowds are allowed in or not because no one was going to be at the game to begin with. So No, so regular scheduled programming if there's no crowds at the Saints versus North game this weekend? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah, Aaron Aaron Hall could be an absolute pig, especially if uh, Kingy keeps spraying it in front of goals and allows him to be a little bit of a seagull. So um, there's that, but I can't see Hall's ceiling being way too high. Um Maybe Cunnington. I think he had a big game against them last year. Yeah. If my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, Cunnington's probably the only one from North Melbourne that I could see going absolutely boonanas. I can't see Zebel yeah. doing it anymore. He only Balls, had 185 yeah. against them last year. So, yeah, only there a small go. one from them last year against them. <laughs> well, there you go. The team of the week might have team of the week two weeks in a row. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Steele or Cunnington there. So the Suns versus the Hawks at 7.40 p.m., Ooh, Tom Mitchell is the only one I can think of, or Took Miller. And there's one player that we forgot to mention earlier, which was Took Miller, and I put it up on Twitter as to why. So anyone go check out my Twitter, um, go through my previous tweets, not the one with Kane Corns where he's been a fuckwit, but I was being a fuckwit to him as well. Um, that man is so easy to trigger. Anyway, um, but Tookie Miller is a bona fide fucking gun right now. Absolute bona fide gun. So if you got him... You can always chuck the VC or C on him. Yeah, I didn't forget to put Took in there. I just think he's too expensive to be looking at now um, if you don't already have him. But, yeah, I like him if you have him as an option. Um, I like Tom Mitchell to go big as well. He had 130-odd against them last year. And because Gold Coast aren't really tagging this year, I think Tom Mitchell could go big again. Yeah, Eagles versus the Bombers over at Optus. Eagles to bounce back in this bad boy um, Tim Kelly is the one that I think is going to go boo nars in this one. He's a bit up and down for me, so I wouldn't like to risk him as a captain option. Um, I really like Zach Merritt to uh, explode in this game. Uh, West Coast have given up some really big scores to opposition midfielders. They're really struggling without their tagger um, with him out injured. I can't think of his name, but anyway, um, 125 against the Eagles last year. I liked him to have a big one. If not Darcy Parrish, I think he could go really big. Well, I can see Darcy Parrish. He keeps improving every round. It won't surprise me if he goes from 150 to 160 or 70. Um, Sunday's games. So the blockbuster between the Crom and the Tig um, played at the MCG. That is the Tigers versus the Crows. 
Who you got in this one, Pato? Give me some sauce. Give me some saucy news. Look, hard to look past the one and only Dusty. Um, he's had some really big performances against Adelaide. As a captain? I pardon? He'd have to be a captain. He would have to be a captain. So it is a little bit risky, but it's Dusty. And we need a win. And he may need to have one of those big games to really catapult us back into the winners list. And I can see him doing it. The other option for me is Rory Laird. Um, someone posted uh, up on Twitter the stats between Rory Laird having Sloan in the team compared to Sloan out, and he's incredibly better when Sloan is in the team, almost by 20 points or something. So Rory Laird will be my one for that. Um, I'm assuming the Sloan Rangers playing this week still. Yeah, I was going to mention, I saw exactly the same post um, on Twitter. I really like Laird as well. I don't think he has the ceiling that Dusty has, though. I like Laird as a 110 to 120 with Sloan in the team. So he's really good just to sit there and go, yep, I'm going to get 100 plus from this guy. But Dusty could go 140 plus, and that's what you want from your captain. Yep, fair enough. We'll go to a real captaincy option in the next one, which is Sydney versus Carlton. And I'm going to chuck it out there. Fucking Callum Mills. He is an absolute jet. Now, something else that someone mentioned on Twitter. Oh, here we go. The juicy goss. I've got the evidence for you. Oh, no. Funnily enough, Callum Mills does terribly at the SCG. (laughs) These are his scores at the SCG. 93, 87, 84, 101. 100. Now, hmm. he scores away from the SCG, 154, 109, 136, 145, 122. Now, it, it's it's baffling that someone can do worse at home than they do away, but a little bit bizarre. But, yeah, I don't like Mills as an option in this game, only because of the SCG. Oh, there's a good fucking call there, Pato. Um, Sammy Walsh is the only other one that I could think of. I'm, I'm not a fan of the Jakey Lloyd selection as captain, uh, but Sammy Walsh, if he doesn't get attention from the Sydney mids, um, he could go absolutely fucking ape shit. That's the only thing I'd be worried about is because Sydney do like a tag, and I reckon they'll send it to Walsh. So well, it's not really a I'll tag; it's more of a run with bounce off. Yeah, and I don't think Walsh will deal with that now. I like this as a real left field one, Dono, and it would take Will Barry nuts to do it, but Zachy Williams in his newfound role. Well, his old found role. Old found new role. Newfound old role. <laughs> his newfound glory. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's major gonads. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. How about Isaac Heaney, Dano? Have nah. I had too many drinks? I think you've been hitting the vodkas a bit too much. We won't mention mention that. <laughs> Uh, final game, 4.40 p.m., Adelaide Oval. It's Port Adelaide versus Fremantle. Now, it's actually going to be a good game. I reckon Freo could roll, to be honest. Um, it's not that far to travel. Anyway, um, Port Adelaide, you can't go past Bokey, the durable Boke. Um, other than that, who else would you have, Pato? Uh, how about Andy Brayshaw off a week off? I don't mind that if you are got him. And the thing is, is he going to play? That's the question mark, but we will know Friday night, thankfully. Well, you'd want to hope so. Um, Frio have a history of hiding little calf issues for a, a few too many weeks. But anyway, yeah. Um, anyway, that's all we got time for this week, Pato. That was a fairly fucking good chat. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a juicy one today, but uh, lots of info for people and lots to mull over. So lots of questions for this week in terms of trading options, but... 
Yeah, just my advice would be look for the value. Don't necessarily look at Bontepelli or guys like that averaging 124. Look at someone that you could save 150K on and use that money elsewhere on another premium. But that's just my final word of advice for tonight. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing at the moment and then banking those extra trades for later on. Um, anyway, my Twitter is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. That's at Dano S-Triple-C. Pato, what's yours? Mine is at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. Yep, and yeah, just give us a follow on Twitter, communicate with us, all that shit. Hear me trash talk cane corns um, and shit stir a little bit too because I like to do that. Um, and then like us on Facebook too, this uh, Supercoach co-captains. Uh, we try and get as much stuff on there as we can. We both do work full-time though, so cut us some slack a little bit. Anyway, uh, that's all from us at the Supercoach co-captains. I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing the fuck off, Legends.